Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. And we have much to get to as the uh, show progresses, including going to get into a show last night. Um, Rob Schmidt had uh, the person who's been, uh, well, the the plagiarizing at Harvard involved her work by uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, who uh, appeared on Capitol Hill and is being unveiled as uh, a massive DEI product that was installed. As the president of Harvard. So we'll get to that. Uh, Supreme Court will begin to consider hearing January the 6th cases that could affect the prosecution of Donald Trump. <clears throat> I'm still digesting the story because it just came in and I've got to, you know, juggle some balls here, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The justices, when they gather for the semi-regular private conference on Friday, will consider whether to allow an oral argument review involving defendants Edward Lang, Joseph Fisher, Garrett Miller... Uh, at least four votes are needed for the nine-justice court to hear a case. The defendants are seeking to dismiss charges, uh, alleging they obstructed f- official proceeding at the U.S. Capitol January the 6th when demonstrators attacked the complex, forced the temporary interrupt- interruption of the Electoral College. Uh, I've said this was uh, a Reichstag moment since January the 7th. Uh, since we've seen, uh, since then, we've seen numerous uh, actual interruptions of uh, judicial proceedings, or I should say uh, capital proceedings, including by Jamal Bowman, who who literally pulled a fire alarm. Uh, he was censured. He's a congressman. Pulled a fire alarm and disrupted uh, proceedings of the uh, House, which was uh, the the uh, continuation, uh, continuing resolution of the budget. And we've seen, uh, well, uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib, she ushered in a bunch of uh, uh, Palestinian protesters a couple months ago, and they went in and disrupted. And then constantly during judicial hearings, you're seeing uh, Hamas supporters, Palestinian supporters interrupt. So uh, this should go, uh, this should be considered, and all of these charges should be thrown out because the FBI and the DOJ was involved in all of them, absolutely all of them. And again, I'll just tell you, I remember the day after uh, January the 6th, I went, why are they focusing so much on this? And they're saying there was $100 million worth of damage inside. The, and literally they did. The MSNBC, those are $100 million worth of damage inside there. Then we get the, the tapes and we find out, oh, no, 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 no. There wasn't any damage at all. And, and then the FBI admitted there were no guns. And then uh, the FBI actually admitted it wasn't an insurrection. They did it in Newsweek like that same year. I remember that. And I went, maybe somebody's not telling us the truth about this. I don't know. I don't know. 
but that's generally the government uh, right now anyway, and, and we know they, they lie about everything. They lie about everything. As I, as I get the chance to digest the story, I will, uh, I will get more into it. But I do want to talk about uh, Vladimir Zelensky uh, in Washington, D.C. this week. I thought this would be a good theme song for it because uh, he met with uh, defense contractors during his visit. Yeah, uh, he won $61 billion in U.S. taxpayer support for Ukraine. And uh, uh, he said Ukraine was prepared to produce more ammunition and military vehicles, but it required support. He said, I met with leaders of U.S. defense companies and expressed my gratitude to every American worker who manufactures weapons. So he comes over to promote building our economy by sending money to him. Uh, generals gathered in their masses. Yeah. Uh, I appreciated all American companies that attended last week's U.S.-Ukraine Defense Industry Conference. I mean, they're not even hiding that this is a giant uh, payoff to the defense, uh, the military-industrial complex. This is really funny. Together, we can create more jobs, generate more strength, and provide more opportunities for our nation. I sound like Count Chocula trying to impersonate a, uh, a, a leader. Uh, the attendees there were Stephen O'Brien, uh, corporate vice president and chief financial officer. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. For Northrop Grumman. For Northrop Grumman. They're there. You know, keep that war up. You're doing You're good for business. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. And Faith Osman, the uh, Turkish-American co-owner uh, and CEO of Sierra Nevada Corporation. They make a pretty good beer, a pale ale, I believe, is what they do. No, actually, I think they're a defense contractor. Uh, U.S. defense contractors in Ukraine have had a cozy relationship <laughs> since Russia invaded Ukraine. U.S. defense contractors who stand to gain billions from the ongoing war in Ukraine sponsored a party in D.C. for the Ukrainian armed forces at the Ukrainian embassy. Wow. I hope they had those bacon-wrapped shrimp because I, I just love those, man. I, when I'm at one of these things, you know, hanging out, greasing the palms of some Ukrainian uh, officials to get uh, arms contracts. I, I just load up on them. And a lot of the times I just bring a little baggie for them, and I just put them in my, uh, in my pocket, or I get my wife to put them in her purse. It's like, just take the, just take the shrimp. They're, 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 no, they're, they're, listen, if, if nobody's going to eat them, then they're just going to throw them away. Just put them in the bag. Just put them in the, oh, you're embarrassing. Just put them in the bag. <clears throat> anyway, the contractors who uh, sponsored the party... <laughs> I wonder if they did a laser light show. Give it up, give it up, give it up. Yeah, Stephen O'Brien, Northrick Grumman, come on. Some experts at the time thought the move was brazen. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really bizarre to me that they would put that on the invitation, a think tank expert told Vox, which is a liberal rag. Uh, the fact that they don't feel sheepish about it is interesting. <laughs> the invitation is a clear expression of how the war in Ukraine has been good for business as Ukraine fights uh, a defensive war against Russia's brutal invasion. Uh, Ukrainians in Washington have been pushing the U.S. for weapons and all that stuff. And uh, President Biden's administration committed uh, substantial $19.3 billion military assistance and $120 billion before that. And it's kind of fun. And ultimately, he, uh, he ended up going, uh, going home empty-handed. Didn't get any money this time.
didn't get any money uh, this time. Here's Mike Johnson. He's the new speaker of the uh, of the House, and here he is talking about uh, meeting with Zelensky and all Thank that. You all for being here. Uh, just had a good meeting with President Zelensky. I reiterated to him. I hope they had the bacon wrapped shrimp there. We stand with him and against Putin's brutal invasion. Uh, the American people stand for freedom, and they're on the right side of this. I'll have a little more champagne. Oh, it's not champagne. It's Prosecco. It's Prosecco. Okay, I'll have some more of that. Fight. I have asked the White House since the day that I was handed the gavel as speaker for clarity. We need a clear articulation of the strategy to allow Ukraine to win. Yeah, we'd and like to And thus far, yeah. their responses have been insufficient. They have uh. not provided us the clarity and the detail that we requested over and over since literally... How much do you want? Where's the money going to go? Uh, what are you going to do with the money? And when can we expect some results? And also give us some benchmarks of when we can, we can determine that there's been some success. 24 hours after I was handed the gavel as Speaker of the House. And yeah. so what the Biden administration seems to be asking for is billions of additional dollars with no appropriate oversight, no clear strategy to win, and, and none of the answers that I think the American people are owed. Other than that, they've been very transparent about everything. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. So uh, the, uh, the negotiations to, uh, on additional American aid to Ukraine uh, paired with a border security package are dead. So the, the border will remain open and all those military age, age males will keep coming across and all that. Uh, Mitch McConnell uh, said basically they're both dead. Congress has already authorized $100 billion uh, to, uh, to Ukraine, and we don't know where that money went either. But here is uh, Brett Baer last night talking to Vladimir Zelensky, uh, who doesn't have a suit, apparently, and likes to dress like a Miami cocaine dealer from 1989. I say such person from government or mayors think about the war, think about how to defend our people. Don't travel through the world each day travel to the front line, ask people, ask soldiers what they need. We, we don't even know where the front line is. Do this, <laughs> not build roads for today. Don't do it. Spend all your money to the weapon. To yeah, don't spend any money on roads. Devote all of your money to the weapon. The drones. To the drones. To the society. To the so whatever the what? What? Weapons, drones, and society. One of these things is not like the other. To the pensions and etc. And Oh, to the pensions. You got to pay their pensions. We're paying the pensions of uh, pensioners in, in Ukraine, and, and meanwhile, I, I don't think you probably have one. I know I don't. Don't cry, because you're leaders, and that's it. That's why, that's why we are, and that's why we stay, because mostly people, people are not crying. Did, did, when you were doing the uh, Annie Leibovitz uh, photo shoot for Vanity Fair, was that on the way to the front lines? People stay and fight <laughs> against Putin, and we don't have any enemies in our country well, you we gotta... can't have and can't have time for this and we don't have it we have only one enemy this is putin and that's it but you'll stand from democracy going yes forward. of course yeah uh, but we're going to get rid of the elections now and and i'm just going to be a dictator but other than that we are completely down with democracy there you go this is steve bannon steve bannon knows a lot about these things i i respect him greatly he's been painted as some sort of a conspiracy theorist but he's not he speaks the truth and he has a lot of experience in world affairs here's what he had to say about uh, Zelensky coming to dc so today Zelensky, it was a face plant why was it because of shows like this this audience other shows of, of and people on the right in maga saying no it's america first we, yeah. we are not interested we need our damn border shut in a border conflict on the Russian-speaking eastern border of Ukraine. 
that's not in the vital national security interest of the United States. And And they tried. And, you know, that's the thing that really got me at the beginning of this was all the rah-rah, pro-democracy, patriotism, uh, you know, some liberals putting up the flag of Ukraine, which they didn't even know, the colors of before. Where I live across the highway, they have this new bridge that lights up with Christmas colors or whatever. They put Ukrainian colors up there for about a week, and it all went away because people realized it was a bunch of crap. Uh, and it's a damn shame because a lot of people are dying. <clears throat> Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. You think that a Ukrainian mother doesn't care about her children more than you care for your children? You think a Russian mother doesn't give a rat's behind about their kid getting murdered for nothing? For nothing, really, honestly? Uh, here's a little bit more from uh, Mr. Bannon, who knows a lot more about these things than, uh, than I do, certainly, and most probably you as well. Everything they've told you up till now has been a total lie. Remember, if you listen to Staff Redis and all these other... Um, all these other paid hacks from the military, and you wonder why we don't win any wars, just see the group of clowns you got up there. You know, for the last year and a half, you know, Russia's falling, Russia's crumbling, they're making huge gains, this is terrific, they're yeah, going, yeah. they're, oh, they're yeah. winning. Woo. It was the exact opposite, it was a total and complete lie. What? Total and complete lie. I was just gonna sing, uh, Johnny comes marching home in, in Ukrainian. You've got a country in tatters, I think a 25% of the population has vamoosed. They left. Including millions of draft dodgers in places like ireland that's how much they love ukraine that's how much they love this war (laughs) you've got i don't know a hundred thousand casualties we're we're hearing the place looks like dresden in 45 that means bombed out down to the skeletal frames of the homes it it looks like something out of world war one out of uh trench warfare no man's land i saw this uh, yesterday and i and i guffawed uh central kiev is rocked by several explosions Seven people wounded after Russian missiles rained down on the capital. Just as Zelensky warned Biden, it would be insane to abandon Ukraine. <laughs> Cue the missiles. <laughs> Just as Zelensky warned Biden, it would be insane to abandon Ukraine. Uh, a missile lands in Kiev. Remember when Joe Biden uh, marched to the town square in Kiev and they turned on the air raid sirens? Well, they did that for show, because when the air raid sirens come on for real, uh, it means that, that missiles are coming in and you need to hide. But Joe Biden uh, and, and Zelensky marched out while the, the air raid sirens were going. And it's not because they're brave. It's because they used the air raid sirens as a ruse to make it look like Joe and Zelensky were, uh, were brave and that Kiev was under attack. And and Kiev has largely been uh, unaffected until yesterday when Zelensky warned it would be insane to abandon Ukraine and suddenly a missile. <laughs> just suddenly a missile. It's just amazing. It is It is just amazing. All right, let's take a break and come back. I want to get into this uh, this uh, uh, Claudine Gay of Harvard. It's, it's really good. And it's on the other side of this. And this is The Rob Carson Show. So uh, Harvard and MIT and UPenn and Columbia and all of these elite universities were exposed for their anti-Semitism by Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik in a uh, hearing last week just asked a simple question. Is uh, is crying for uh, the uh, genocide of uh, the Jews, is that uh, that free speech? And none of them could say that uh, it, it shouldn't be allowed and those who espouse that should be removed. 
it's it's terrifying. It's frightening for Jewish students on campus. And by the way, there are a lot of students on, uh, like Columbia University, afraid, Jewish students afraid to go to class because they're afraid they're going to get attacked. And this is Elise Stefanik after being uh, parodied on Saturday Night Live, talking yesterday about why her testimony, or not her testimony, but her questioning of the uh, the said professors or presidents of those universities, uh, was was uh, it reached so many people. There is a reason why the testimony at the Education and Workforce Committee garnered one billion views worldwide. And it's because those university presidents made history by putting the most morally bankrupt testimony into the congressional record, and the world saw it. As a Harvard graduate, I'm reminded of Harvard's motto, Veritas, which goes back, and it's older than the founding of our country, it goes back to the 1640s. Larry Summers, who was president of Harvard when I was an undergrad, talked about the meaning of Veritas is divine truth. Veritas does not depend on the context. This is a moral failure of Harvard's leadership and higher education leadership at the highest levels. And the only change they have made to their code of conduct, where they failed to condemn calls for genocide of the Jewish people, the only update to the code of conduct is to allow a plagiarist as the president of Harvard. Now we're going to get into the uh, the plagiarism <clears throat> and... Uh... Hear from Dr. Carol Swain, who is the the author uh, and the astute uh, uh, professor who uh, the president of Harvard, Claudia Gay, uh, plagiarized. And we're going to hear some of that from Rob Schmidt's show last night. Oh, by the way, uh, my uh, my producer Ken, I sent him some Omaha steaks because you know he does a great job, and I, I just wanted to say thank you. And he got the box of Omaha steaks, and he did one the other night. He did a fillet in the air fryer. Okay, I know that sounds really weird, but no, it's a great way to cook and then finish it on the grill. Put a little sear on the grill. And he said, "Rob, these are the best steaks I've ever had in my life." And I said, "Well, you're welcome, and I'm glad you enjoy them." He got Frank's. He got the desserts. He got these little apple tartlets that are f- amazing right now. And and I'm going to tell you, if you're sending gifts to people, you're not going to go wrong with Omaha steaks. 100% money back guarantee. The finest quality you could ever imagine. And all you got to do is go to omahasteaks.com for 50% off site-wide. 50% off site-wide. And then when you use my name at checkout, Carson, another $30 off. Another $30 off Omaha Steaks. This is a big deal to me because I am from Omaha. I'm familiar with the Omaha Stockyards. I'm familiar with the history surrounding Omaha and steaks. And Omaha Steaks is a great company. OmahaSteaks.com, 50% off site-wide. Use my name, Carson, at checkout for another $30 off. It's amazing. Dr. Carol Swain is the author that Claudia Gay supposedly plagiarized as the uh, in her dissertation at Harvard. And she was on with Rob Schmidt on Newsmax last night. Well, I'll tell you that I have had a range of emotions. At first, I was curious. I wanted to investigate Sunday evening. Monday, I spent the morning uh, reading and perusing her articles, and I was sad because I assumed that the plagiarism had reached the level that she would be uh, terminated. Listen to this. And, and then today, I'm quite angry. This woman has had every advantage. She went to the most elite boarding school in America. What? Exeter. I thought I had and privilege. so you can't say that she would not have had opportunities. And so she has been privileged. Her uh, her uh, senior thesis at Stanford won a prize. Her dissertation won a prize. 
all of her work, in my opinion, is derivative of my work and that book. And even though she has my book listed in her citations, I believe honest scholarship would have required her to acknowledge that yeah. she was doing research on minority representation yeah. and districting. She yeah. was asking questions and pursuing questions <laughs> that came from the research of yeah. mine. What? And uh, my work was considered seminal in the area of representation. So not only did she lift some quotes, apparently she copied everything. Her uh, study, her questions, everything. So it appears that it looks like some actual plagiarism, plagiarism took place. Coming up, Steve Gorham. He is a Climate Science Coalition to talk about the green energy scam. That's on the other side of this, and this is The Rob Carson Show. So I did a video for Instagram uh, a few days ago, and it's just blown up. It's just blown up. I've got about 900 comments. I went to a local uh, Ford dealership where I bought my car, my Bronco, and they had a line of these uh, Mustangs sitting out there. They're pretty sharp-looking cars, but they're electric, and here's what I did. A Ford dealership, and look what they've got plenty of in inventory. Yeah, those are electric Mustangs. Yeah, they can't get rid of them. And, and I have uh, received, uh, I don't know, support and a firestorm from people uh, calling me a boomer, saying that I'm um, uninformed, saying that electric vehicles are the way of the future. And, and since I've been in this kind of uh, pointless argument, because honestly, I'm right. Uh, electric vehicles have been around for 133 years. It's not new technology. It's not newer. It's, you know, like, like windmills. Windmills are not new technology. They've been around since the 6th or 7th century. <laughs> so, so none of this is revolutionary. And, and I got people screaming at me because you, you're just, you know, this and that. And I'm not a boomer, by the way. I'm a Gen Xer. But I always say, here's the thing. Uh, a battery is a chemical reaction. Uh, you, you have acid and metal. And those two react to create electricity. Now, you've got to do reverse osmosis after the electricity is produced and your battery is dead to recharge the battery. So you have to put energy into it to convert it back to acid and metal. All right. And every single time that has to happen and it has to come from outside, meaning there's an 85% chance that the energy that you charge your electric vehicle on is produced by a coal fired plant or a natural gas plant. So you've added a middleman you don't need. All right. Also, batteries don't perform well in cold weather. That's why you keep your batteries in the freezer. It slows down the process so they last longer. Unfortunately, it also prevents electric vehicles from performing in cold weather. I am all for hybrid vehicles. I am all for plug-in hybrids and regular hybrids. They're glorious and wonderful because the batteries literally are charged by the negative torque of braking and deceleration, and that charges the battery. I had somebody say, oh, no, no, it's the, it's the gas engine that causes the battery to be charged. No, you're wrong. You're one billion percent wrong. You know why I know this? Because they sold cars for three years, and I went to these seminars. I'd sit for days and listen to this, and I learned everything about it. So I have nothing against a hybrid vehicle, but an electric vehicle is only going to be a commuter vehicle, a golf cart, or a lawnmower. That's just the way it is. I mean, you got, you know, all these uh, Amazon vehicles that are electric. Good luck with that. <clears throat> Good luck with that when you got to, you know, replace all the batteries. 
But we have a special guest who is a real expert on green energy. His name is Steve Gorham. He's the executive director of the Climate Science Coalition of America, the author of four books on energy, climate change, sustainable development, uh, and whatnot. And he joins us right now. His new book is called Green Breakdown, the Coming Renewable Energy Failure. And he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, Rob. I'm doing great. Great to join you. Did I miss anything on the electric vehicle thing? Did you did you uh, did you hear what I just said about that? Yeah, well, I think uh, you got it mostly on the nose. I do think okay, there is what, uh, there are some values in electric. As you say, if you can charge at okay. home and yes. go short distances to work, then they're going to be low cost. Yes. They're going to be pretty good. And they also they also drive great. If you know, if you want uh, for a, a great second car, if you're a a Tesla fan, they zoom around, and, and that's oh. kind of neat. But when you get to the general population, then they start to have some troubles. And we're in the midst of uh, an electric vehicle speed bump right now. Um, we uh, About 8% of us of uh, light vehicle sales this year are electrics in the United States. But as you say, EV inventories are up over 300%. Uh, the guys that are driving uh, gasoline pickup trucks today don't seem to want those uh, those EV pickup trucks, which weigh about twice as much. Matter of fact, the uh, the Chevy EV pickup truck weighs four tons, eighty five hundred pounds. Uh, so that's a bit of an issue. Ford Motors well, Steve, between forty Steve, thousand and sixty thousand for each EV sold. They're projecting a lot four and a half billion this year. And so Ford and GM are slowing down their introductions. And the early adopter phase appears to be over. Well, listen, to Steve, I was driving up. There's a, a GM dealership up here, and they've got five Hummers, the new Hummer, right? And yeah. nobody wants them because they cost $130,000, and the battery alone weighs as much as a Toyota Corolla. Okay, yeah, it are, does. Those are even heavier than that Chevy uh, pickup, yeah. Yeah, what do they weigh, 9,000 pounds? It's something okay. like 9,000, 9,600 pounds. It's stupid. It's insane. Yeah, and, and, and EVs weigh about 50% more than, than an uh, internal combustion engine car on average. So they should be paying higher road taxes, by the way. <laughs> yes. But, but also, uh, you know, nobody on a farm has a Ford F-150 Lightning because as soon as you put a payload on them, as soon as you, you know, turn the temperature down in cold weather, they become worthless and their range de- declines and their towing capacity declines. So it doesn't, it doesn't work. But in your, in your book, Green Breakdown, the Renewal Energy Failure, yep. uh, it looks like we're seeing shadows of Solyndra, uh, which happened during Obama. They spent $800 million on green energy. You've got these uh, windmill operations killing whales and and uh, creating bird and bat salad shooters around the country uh tell us about what's happening in the green energy uh, industry as it meets the reality of practicality right so a green breakdown is all about the the forced energy trans uh, transition that our world leaders are trying to force on us we just had the end of cop 28 the climate conference and they all agreed we would get rid of uh natural gas and coal and oil and the goal is net zero by 2050. I get rid of all those carbon dioxide emissions, which come from everything that we do, replace it with wind, solar, and biofuels. Uh, but this is, this is going to break down. This is beyond a wish and a prayer, uh, beyond a reach-out dream. It, it, it's not going to happen. And we are already seeing, as you say, uh, I, I was uh, projecting the, the green breakdown would occur over the next couple of decades, but we're already seeing some of this uh, starting to occur. You mentioned those uh, those wind turbines off the East Coast. About half of the companies have pulled out from those because with the high interest rates, they can't make a profit. 
They just held a uh, onshore wind auction in the United Kingdom, and at the strike price, nobody bid. But wow. what's the UK government going to do? They're going to raise the price 50, uh, 70%. So uh, the ratepayers are going to pay for that. Uh, wow. Siemens Wind in Germany just got a $10 billion, 10 mil, billion euro, I should say, uh, bailout from the German government because they're having trouble. And if and we just talked about the EV uh, a speed bump. And if you look at, at these renewable energy companies, they've been down for about the last three years. The renewable yeah. energy indexes are all falling. Uh, the Renix index is one of those, R-E-N-I-X-X. And for about three years, they've been falling. So it looks like uh, the speed bump is happening a little bit early, and people are not going to uh, uh, put up with uh, some of this uh, this pressure for a green transition. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's just not practical right now. You know, I always said that I would get an electric vehicle when it becomes the uh, the uh, the car at the end of uh, Back to the Future, the DeLorean, where they could just put garbage in there and they could convert it into fusion en- energy, uh, and that may happen eventually. Uh, but you know, look at the other alternatives. You've got uh, you've got nuclear, which is the cleanest uh, way to. Uh, to uh, uh, produce energy, and for some reason, the left is against that. Um, it produces a small amount of waste. Uh, obviously, it's uh, a waste that needs to be uh, housed for you know centuries, but it does produce the uh, the energy that is needed in a very clean fashion. You've got natural gas. Why are they against natural gas? Well, why are green energy? It's, it's the greenest of the green. Yeah, this whole break, this whole uh, renewable energy transition, this goal to get to net zero, is driven by what I call climatism. Yes. which is the fear of man-made uh, global warming. And by the way, we have two presidential candidates now using the term. Mr. Ramaswamy and former Vice President Trump are both using climatism to describe the ideology that we have to get rid of uh, our traditional sources of fuel and move to a, a green uh, sort of fuel. So it's, it's the fear of man-made warming that is driving all of this. And natural gas is, as you say, very, very clean. If you put natural gas in a house that, w- that had a coal furnace or has a, is burning wood, you reduce particulates by about a factor of a thousand. So it is, it is a very, very clean uh, source of energy, but it does release yeah. carbon dioxide, which, by the way, should not be a big issue. <laughs> we, no, all, uh, no. we all exhale about two pounds of carbon dioxide every day, each one of us. And I are like you, to, are uh, you are, are you saying that these climatists perhaps should hold their breath all day to save the world? That's what I would suggest. Well, yeah, that's right. And, and, and I, I wrote a paper a number of years ago that, in the, that uh, pointed out that house cats emit more carbon dioxide than uh, the Keystone Pipeline. But we had to ban wow. the Keystone Pipeline, you know. I'm all, da- I'm all for down, down for uh, banning house cats. I'm just kidding. I don't want to tick off the crazy cat ladies in the audience. Um, you know, this it, to me is... Um, to, to me, and a lot of people would say, and I agree, uh, this is a way to control people. This is a way to uh, uh, drive people. For some reason, dictators always like to come up with their own automobile. They tried it in uh, in Russia. They have terrible cars. They, they tried it in Germany with the Volkswagen, the people's car, the Volkswagen. And, and obviously, that was a, you know, turned out to be a, a pretty decent little car. Uh, but, you know, it was very affordable and whatever. But by and large, it seems that dictators always want to push these things off on the people and the government product that they espouse ends up being crap that's that's the way it always seems to work out and it sounds like we're in this the new iteration of it and and they're trying to redress a technology that's been around forever and and i think they're always there are always going to be limits on a vehicle that has a battery as its power source yeah it's clear you can't have an energy transition without coercion 
I mean, that really is the case. You have to have uh, renewable portfolio standards mandating uh, wind and solar in states. You have to have uh, states that are banning uh, natural gas stoves like California, oh. Oregon, Washington, New York, and a number of others. And we have a bunch of states that are that say by 2035 you won't be able to sell an electric via a, a, excuse me an internal combustion engine vehicle in their state. Um, so that is that is the purpose. All of our leaders think that well, not all of them, but the current administration at least thinks we have to ban coal, oil, and natural gas. Tell you what's going to happen, though. By, by the way, the, the United Nations just made a statement saying they're so pleased with it. We're all going to transition away from hydrocarbon fuels. Yeah. But this, yeah. this, isn't, this is not going to happen in the short term. Yeah. We've, we've had, uh, since the year 2000, energy consumption globally has increased 47%. Mm-hmm. Carbon dioxide emissions have increased 40%. Uh, over the last uh, two decades, those are going to continue to rise because we have the the developing world that is building industry. Uh, they have only one vehicle for every 20 people, where we have just about one for every person in the United States. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need uh, coal, oil, and natural gas to grow. And so uh, emissions are going to rise for many, many years. The great news is yeah. that the human emissions are not causing dangerous global warming, and they're actually no. great for uh, plants and the biosphere. Absolutely. Uh, and also, I might mention that uh, uh, if, if, in fact, there were global warming and the sea levels were rising, why would so many billions of uh, uh, trillions of dollars be uh, invested by uh, developers uh, with seafront property around the world? It's uh, absolutely stupid on the face of it that not only Barack Obama has two seafront mansions, John yep. Kerry has a seafront mansion. If they were so concerned about it, there would be a mass exodus of, uh, of billions and trillions of dollars from our seashores. It's uh, ridiculous. They would be abandoning Miami and Manhattan. I could go on and on. It's all been ridiculous from the get-go. Um, listen, I really appreciate you joining me today, uh, Steve. Steve Gorm- Gorman, or Gorham, I should say. The book yep. is called Green Breakdown, The Coming Renewable Energy Failure, and I would venture to say you, sir, are a soothsayer, and uh, this is a good time to see your predictions come true. Uh, where can people find you on social media, sir? Yeah, the book actually uh, is number one this week on Amazon's uh, energy policy category, so I'm very pleased to that. Uh, they can get it on my website, Steve Gorham, G-O-R-E-H-A-M.com. I'll send them a signed copy. Or it's on Amazon, of course, and there are e-books as well. But if you have a gas stove, a gasoline car, you use electricity, you really need to get this book and find out what uh, leaders have in store for you. Absolutely, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and a very happy New Year to you. Thank you, Rob. Till the next time. All right, let's take a break. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. I got no problem with hybrid vehicles. Not at all. I got no problem with plug-in hybrids. If they offered a... uh, Ford Bronco Hybrid, where I could get 30 miles a gallon, I would buy that sucker tomorrow. It's just a a battery-operated vehicle is not practical. So that's it. That's it. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. I'm just stating the facts. That's all. You know? And listen, when I sold Toyotas, uh, uh, do you realize that a Camry LE Hybrid gets 54 miles per gallon in the city? Who wouldn't want that, Right? And then you got a, a Prius, which is uh, a hybrid, you, about the same, about the same. 
And and you know why there's no uh, mass uh, production of exclusively EVs by Toyota? Because they know it's not going to work. That's it. Commuter vehicles, great. You want to fly around town in your uh, in your uh, Tesla, great. But uh, if you want to haul a toy hauler across Colorado, eh, I wouldn't get an EV. Let's go to Patty in Hartford County, Maryland. Hello, Patty, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hey, Rob. Uh, I want to expand on what your your guests just talked about. Yeah. Here in the Baltimore metro region, you have the Sierra Club that in 2020 sued Talon Energy. Talon Energy owns a couple big coal-fired plants um, in Anne Arundel mm-hmm. County, uh, just yep. across the uh, Patapsco River from Baltimore City. Yep. And... Um, and so, of course, Talon Energy in an agreement is closing uh, these big uh, coal-fired plants, leaving uh, actually the Baltimore City area and uh, one million in total uh, BGE customers uh, without reliable electricity. And the mm-hmm. grid manager, PJM, uh, and they manage the flow of electricity in 13 states, including the Mid-Atlantic area here mm-hmm. around uh, Maryland. And uh, so they've ordered high-voltage transmission to uh, replace the Brandon Shores generation uh, to the tune about three-quarters of a billion dollars. Um, And so, of course, Maryland, with their terrible public policy on energy, is in building generation, not reliable energy energy that um, generation that can be turned on like natural gas um, or nuclear. Um, They're not building it. And uh, uh, all they want to build is solar, um, battery storage, and wind. And those things only work when the sun shines or yep. until the batteries run out of the storage or um, unless the wind blows. And, yep. and, of course, wind right now is in big trouble. Orsted has yep. pulled out of Wind 1 and Ocean Wind 1 and Ocean Wind 2 in New Jersey mm-hmm. so uh, because it, it costs too much. And the ratepayers yep. would have to pay exorbitant amounts of money. And, of course, Governor Murphy would look pretty bad if that happened. Yep. So it's exactly. all a joke. And yep. But you got environmentalists environmentalist uh, organizations that are going around and expediting the closing of our reliable, dispatchable generation. Yeah, and meanwhile in China they open up a new coal-fired plant every week because they don't give a damn because they know that global warming is a hoax. Uh, Patty, thanks for the phone call. do appreciate it. I mean, listen. Oh, look at that. Uh, I'm breathing here. Same amount of oxygen and hydrogen that I've ever breathed in my life. I've never had a difficult day of breathing in my life. Because there's always been the right amount of oxygen and uh, carbon dioxide in the air for me and uh, the right amount of carbon dioxide in the air for my plants in the house here. But here's uh, John Kerry, uh, Jim Gossett, singing about the green energy fraud. They say John Kerry's deranged about climate change. He's turned into a basket case. (laughs) If it bothered me. You'd never see because of Botox in my face. Oh, yeah, he's got a long face. I want America worst instead of first. That's what Joe and I want to see. We think China's our friend, and then the end. Russia's not our enemy. Cause I got friends in commie places Overlook their crimes And their many disgraces Like way back when The Uyghurs 
When I betrayed my men, I would compare my fellow soldiers to Genghis Khan. Russia and China, we should work together about big changes in the weather, cause I got friends in communist places. Nice. That is Jim Gossett. And uh, if you want to help out Jim Gossett on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, just go to Jim Gossett Comedy and subscribe. You can hear all of uh, the great songs we've done, a lot of the Christmas stuff as well. Patreon, Jim Gossett Comedy. Uh, Much more to go on the Rob Carson Show. Let's take a break and come back. We'll be back in a moment. All right, so last hour of the show, we got a lot of stuff, including a little bit more of that uh, audio from... uh, the person saying that Claudine Gay uh, pay, uh, uh, actually, uh, you know, cheated on her. That's what I'm trying to say. That's coming up. And then also the American dream is no longer affordable for you and me. Don't go anywhere. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And the number is 800-922-6680, 800-922-6680. Liz Collin, who was on yesterday, she created this uh, this uh, documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis. She uh, wrote on Twitter this morning, thanks to Rob Carson, uh, among others, for having me on, closing in on 5 million views for The Fall of Minneapolis. I was going to watch it last night, but uh, uh, it, it's a little hard right now to find the free time. Just a little bit hard to uh, to find the the free time. So, uh, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it when I get the time. <laughs> it is it's just nuts right now. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, um, you know this uh, uh, Javier Millet? He is the new uh, Argentinian president. He's the guy who kind of you know he's got messy hair like Donald Trump. He's a patriot and he's got a hot wife. Well, girlfriend I think actually. Um, well, he's gotten rid of uh, a whole bunch of government uh, agencies. And I, and I think we are well overdue for this in this country. I, I think that's without a doubt. When you look at, like, uh, the, the numbers that came out a couple of weeks ago with all of the government buildings that we're paying billions and billions and billions of dollars for, and they're sitting empty because these government uh, workers are not going back to work. So literally only 7% of the people in the IRS building are there. And, uh, and so I'm down with it completely. I mean, if you can shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and tell the workers there to go find another job, then we can do the same thing to people who work for the IRS. Right? How many times have you been told that? You know, we're cutting, we're cutting everything, you know. But, uh, you know. Anyway, so uh, Javier Millet got rid of the Ministry of Culture, which obviously is, please, Ministry of, the, that sounds so communistic, doesn't it? The Ministry of Culture. Uh, the Ministry of Environment and Sustainable Development. Oh, I love that. Get rid of that crap. Uh, Ministry of Women, Genders, and Diversity. <laughs> uh, that's what they're doing. At, uh, they're going to be doing at Harvard here pretty soon, getting rid of all that DEI crap. Uh, Ministry of Public Works, Ministry of Science, Technology, and Innovation. You know why? Because uh, uh, industry does that. Yeah, industry does that. Yeah, yeah, it does. Industry is the only one who innovates, really. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Ministry of Labor, Employment, and Social Security. Oh, God, bring that here. All three of those. Labor, Employment, Social Security. And let's not forget education. He got rid of the Ministry of Education. We can get rid of our education department. Ministry of Health, Ministry of Social Development. There you go. All of those. All of those are going uh, bye-bye, bye-bye. And, and the interesting thing, I was just reading a, uh, a piece. Let me see. I still got it. Um, $700 million were spent 
Yeah, listen to this. This is what your government is doing. This is what your government unions are doing. And this is what uh, many have said in the past should not happen, and that is uh, unions, government unions happening. Four largest public sector unions spent $700 million backing Democrats and leftist causes during the last year's elections, which nearly 60% of the funds coming from union dues. So even if you work for the government and you're conservative or you, you know, you maybe want to vote for Trump or you want to vote for DeSantis or whatever, your money is already spent on somebody else. And, and that's why all of these unions need to be blown up. Gone away. Bye-bye. $708 million spent on politics during the 2022 midterm elections by the National Education Association, American Federation of Teachers, who let our children down. Our, our schools suck. Our, our schools are underperforming. Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore. I can go on and on. Defund them all. American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees, Service Employees International, SEIU, they're always left of center. 96% of the money went to Democrat political action committees or other leftist causes. Unbelievable. Oh, and then there's this. Uh, millions of union PAC dollars went toward leftist groups like For Our Future and Dark Money uh, Group, the 16 Third Party, as well as de- Democrat candidates like Georgia Senator Raphael Warlock, Warnock, Warnock, sorry, and Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro. Shapiro. Yeah. You combine that with uh, ballot harvesting, just paying money. I learned when I was in Pennsylvania recently. That's what they do. Candidates just say, here, they give this money to an NGO, go out and harvest ballots. We don't care how you do it. Just get the, just get the votes. And it really is. Our, our, our elections are bought and paid for. Truly. Oh, this is kind of funny. This is kind of funny. You know, I've been telling you that the, uh, the source of all this anti-white racism, all this nonsense, all of this, this woke nonsense comes from cul-de-sac Karens. And I said in the 90s, I learned this when I lived in Minneapolis, I was doing radio because I always had these white suburban liberal women call and complain when I talked about stuff. Like if I was talking about uh, Native American mascots, they'd call up and say, I just want you to know that I think that having a Native American mascot is offensive. And I'd say, well, do you, are you a Native American? Well, no, but, but I know somebody who is. They're always willing to step in for pres- presumed afflicted groups and play mommy even when those groups don't want it. White suburban Karens, as a response to George Floyd's The Riots, which is now, you know, we know from this uh, Minneapolis documentary and other things, was, a, was built on a lie. But white Karens said, okay, black people, let's step in here and fix this. First thing we're going to do, get rid of the police. All the black people are going, but, but, but we kind of need the We don't hate the Okay. And then we're going to get rid of Christopher Columbus, and then we're going to get rid of all of the, uh, the Civil War generals, and then we're going to get rid of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. And all of the black people are going, um, mm, mm, boy, mm, no, I don't think we need to do that. Well, back to Alex Jones. He says that today's neo-racism, you know, because now it's more racist than ever before, right? No, not at all. Uh, it, it is, he, he says it comes from, are you ready? White liberal women and their cucked husbands, meaning their whipped husbands, right? So the husband kind of goes along just to kind of, oh, you know, honey, okay. You know, what are you saying? That there's no global warming? Oh, no, no, honey. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Let me just hold your purse while you go to Target. Yeah. That's what I've been saying for years. 
It's always about white liberals stepping in and being offended for other people and then uh, kind of assuming the helm and saying that, you know, black students can't succeed, so let's go ahead and uh, play with test scores. Uh, let's say that certain things are uh, completely uh, uh, racist, like being uh, on class on time or, or, uh, or not plagiarizing. And this was on, uh, on uh, Capitol Hill, um, you know, earlier this week, or last week, I should say, with the three MIT, UPenn, and uh, Harvard uh, uh, presidents there. And, and they are, I told you, they're Karens. They're the Karens. And I, I'm not saying this because, you know, if your name's Karen, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. You know, we, uh, there are a lot of women named Alexa. <laughs> Nothing we can do about that, uh, you know. So, uh, sorry, that's just the word we're using. It's, you know, not, not meaning to... Anything about Karens, but anyway, um, Dr. Carol McSwain is uh, is the uh, t- person that Claudine Gay uh, appeared to have plagiarized. Claudine Gay is the president of Harvard. Claudine Gay was one of the professors or the the the, the uh, presidents who couldn't denounce saying that uh, uh, when students cry out for the genocide of the Jews, that you know they should be held accountable. And and now we know, and I, and I thought originally, I'm like, well, maybe uh, maybe this uh, this president, Claudine Gay, just maybe lifted a quote or two and, and didn't, uh, you know, do the bibliography with, you know, give him credit. Well, no, that's not the case. And here is, um, this is Carol Swain. I want you to hear Carol Swain and then uh, hear what he has to say. She has to say about uh, what academia has uh, become. This was last night on Newsmax, by the way, on the Rob Schmidt Show. And she violated... Uh, rules and norms that if she had been an undergraduate, maybe she at Harvard, maybe she would have been uh, suspended and separated from the university, or at least she would have flunked the course that she plagiarized in. And instead, they're giving her an opportunity to do a rewrite. This is a woman that comes from, she's had every opportunity, every privilege. And I'm really urging the people that are investigating her to go back to that prize-winning senior thesis to make sure that that was not plagiarized. Yeah, yeah, and and this all came around, you know. Uh, they brought, uh, they said that white students were supremacists. Uh, they brought in the CRT. Uh, they, they these uh, white Karens moved in and said that black students can't succeed unless they are given, you know, this and this and this and this, and it ultimately ends up in people like Claudine Gay being the president of Harvard. This is Christopher Rufo. He is a, a fantastic journalist uh, talking last night about uh, the decline of uh, the once great Harvard. Uh, It's symbolic of what's happening everywhere. Uh, As I detailed in my book, America's Cultural Revolution, left-wing radicals have taken over all of the elite culture-shaping institutions in our country, with very few exceptions, and conservatives need to get serious. We need to develop a strategy for recapturing these institutions, for taming these institutions, and for revitalizing these institutions in support of American principles of freedom, equality, merit, excellence, and accomplishment. Harvard is the key prize, and so I'm going to be fighting. Uh, Harvard threatened the New York Post with to bury the New York Post in lawsuits if they reported this story. I was not scared. I'm never going to back down. I'm going to keep coming after the university, of which uh, I'm an alumnus, uh, until this travesty is over and until we have restored truth as the highest principle of Harvard University. Now, coming up, uh, a guest on uh, Rob Schmidt's show named Bob Woodward who is a, uh, an intellectual, he is a, a person of color. And I want you to hear uh, what uh, liberal Karens and, uh, and leftists have done to, uh, to the black population. Uh, by the way, have you ordered your company emergency medical kit yet? 
My producer, Ken, ordered his. He was blown away. Uh, we all know how uh, supply chains can get disrupted. Right now, we're talking about they're already saying that there was an amoxicillin shortage in the country. You don't know if the Dwayne Reed Pharmacy down the uh, street on uh, in Manhattan is going to go out of business or the CVS is going to get looted out of business in San Francisco. So maybe you need these emergency medicines in case something happens. And Dr. Peter McAuliffe came up with the wellness company in this emergency medical kit that has amoxicillin, among other things, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, everything from a, a nasal infection to a tick bite to a possible pandemic. You'll at least have this stuff. And it's very easy to order. They, they are revolutionizing emergency medicine. And you need it. If you have jumper cables in your car, you need an emergency medical kit. If you have, uh, uh, you know, uh, extra food in case of an emergency, you need an emergency medical kit. So go to the Wellness Company's website and use my name. Just go to twchealth.health slash Carson, I should say. twc.health slash Carson, and you'll get 10% off. All right? I got my kit right here in the office with me, and it is not going anywhere. TWC.health slash Carson. Do this. Do it now. Get it out of the way. Make it your New Year's resolution before the new year arrives. TWC.health slash Carson. This is last night on uh, Rob Schmidt Show. gentleman named Bob Woodward is a frequent guest. I want you to listen to have what he has to say about what has happened in academia and what has happened, uh, what the Democrats and liberal Karens have done to the uh, communities of people of color in the United States. Well, as, as, as Carol Swain, my good friend, said, uh, this is a disgrace. Um, as a veteran of the civil rights movement, uh, I think times were much easier when we confronted honest bigotry coming from bigots. But this bigotry of low expectations ah. is internal. It means that uh, we have a professor, not just at Harvard, but other places, uh, for instance, basic principles are being uh, questioned. There's one professor at University of Michigan, April Baker Bell. She yeah. says that Listen. Um, standard English is anti-black linguistic racism. Wow. To expect blacks to write and speak in standard English is racism. Um, black elites <laughs> at the Smithsonian a few years back talked about meritocracy as racist, showing up on time self-sufficiency, all wow. these are racist terms. Wow. Uh, I frankly would rather be, uh, as I said, confront honest bigotry than and that would, it, it's an insult. I mean, I can't it, it find it the is. words to talk about how corrosive this is to, to, to blacks who have achieved against the odds. Yes, if, right. If DEI was active back when Jackie Robinson and Lee, they said, well, because you're black, uh, four strikes and you're out. Wow. The black football player only has to travel eight eight yards before they get a first down. No. Yeah. We were able to compete against the odds and achieve. That's and right so well now, said. blacks are being treated as an exotic as an exotic pet is what he said. And I've said this. When you say that you cannot succeed because of institutional racism, all you do is insult the legacy of the greatest people of African-American descent who have ever lived in history like Martin Luther King Jr. and Wilma Rudolph. And I could go on and on and on because they succeeded when things were much, much worse. And now... A lot of excuses are being made, and all it is doing is destroying families. Let's take a break and come back, my friends. This is The Rob Carson Show.
This is one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. I mean this. Run DMC, Christmas in Hollis. Crank it up, Noah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, that song is a sample of the song Backdoor Santa. And I think it was done by Clarence Carter. I, I'm a music person. And also, that song was used in the limo scene where uh, John McClain was driven to Nakatomi Tower in uh, Argyle's limousine. Yeah, so I know so much about popular culture. It's just stupid, and I, I rarely am able to whip out meaningless facts like that. Uh, but I'm glad to do so when when called upon. Uh, let's go to Barbara in Baltimore. Hello, Barbara. What are you doing? Hey, I'm sitting out here in the parking lot and listening to your show. I had to pull over and park. Uh, you're talking <laughs> about something that is so important to me okay, personally because – I am one of those people that worked very hard, graduated at the top of my class, and got jobs because I qualified for them. And what I see happening here, it's ruining everything. It's just ruining everything. It's an insult for, for standards to be lowered so that people of certain categories can fit in. That's not how it's meant to be. And because of that, it's degrading all of our services. It's degrading the schools and everything. Hey, Barbara, 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 have you, have you watched, like, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of music, and I remember in the 1970s, all these incredible bands, the Commodores, the Gap Band, uh, the Three Degrees, um, I, I can go on, and Marmalade, I can go on and on and on, uh, and, and, and all of these, these performance. and I grew up watching Richard Pryor, and I watched um, Eddie Murphy and all of this stuff, and, 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 and they, they inspired me, and then all of a sudden, uh, now they say you can't achieve anything in this country because you're black, and it's an insult to all of the great a Thurgood Marshall, Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, I can go on. It's, it really is. It, would you and all tell... the academics, like Booker T. Washington. Yes, you know, yes. George Washington Carver. You're talking yes. about inventors, you know, college uh, people who built colleges. Yes. It's, but, you know, just bringing it to our, our uh, century. You know yeah. what's happening right now. But also, look, look, at, look, at, look at today. Look at popular culture now. You see people twerking. Uh, in videos, women uh, degrading themselves, being humped like dogs in rap videos. Honestly, it, it, it is so disgusting what has happened, it, it, not only in popular culture, but also in academia. This, this, uh, uh, just, I don't know. It, Watering it's, it's, down it, yes. of what's needed. To, and you see what's happened with these uh, professors. This woman, Claudine Gay, yeah. because she is, she's plagiarized, that is the biggest form to me of thievery <laughs> as far as academia can go. You don't plagiarize. That's, no, Joe, don't. that's Joe Biden stuff, copying other people's work and, and, and pretending that it's yours and turning it in for awards. She needs to go. That is a yeah. terrible standard that's being set there with her. But I think all three of them need to go. And we need to, you know, parents need to find out what's going on at their kids' school. Stop yep. paying this money. Yep. And I think yep. every Republican should be running on school choice. Get your yep. kids out of these public schools. It's not going to happen until you put your foot down and get your kids into the school that they deserve to be in, where they will learn. Amen. And teachers Amen. want to teach them and not how to uh, take advantage of this program and that program. And because you're yep. this color, you go here and you go there. This is craziness. 
and it's just destroying the country. So I'm just Amen. so glad Amen. to hear you talking about this. All right, Barbara, have a glorious day. And, and I'll use uh, Baltimore as a prime example where no schools have students graduating and reading at grade level. I mean, what kind of future does that give you? You want to be an NBA player? You want to be the rap star? I hate to tell you this, very few people get there. And you ain't going to get there if you don't know how to read. And you're not going to get there if you don't know how to speak English. You ain't going to get there if you don't know how to uh, be in class on time. You don't, you know, you're not going to get there unless you become excellent. Unless you become absolutely excellent. And it, that is within every one of us to be excellent. And those who say it's not possible for black people... It's so demeaning and awful and racist of leftist Karens to do that. And by the way, uh, black support of Donald Trump is going through healing. I'll explain on the other side of this break. This is my favorite Christmas song of my entire life. It is Still Knocked, Silent Night, Mannheim Steamroller, 1980, I believe, is when this came out. It's beautiful, 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 beautiful. If I listen too much of it, I won't be able to continue the show because uh, it means a lot to me. <sighs> All right. Uh, by the way, the American dream costs far more than most people will ever earn. That's the headline. Wow. I mean, wow. The American dream costs $3.4 million to achieve over a course of a lifetime from getting married to saving for retirement, according to a recent analysis from uh, financial site Investopedia. <laughs> Be careful with that. Median lifetime earnings for the typical U.S. worker stand at $1.7 million. That's, a, that's, that's not enough. It's not enough to get there. USA Today found that funding the American dream costs about 130k a year for a family of four. Medium household income stands at about 74. Life is not easy. Life is not easy. You got to be careful with what you got. You got to put away what you can. You know, sometimes it's hard to do. But if you have a little uh, left over, you might consider investing in precious metals. Precious metals are the only things that are listed on the periodic table of, of, of contents that are, uh, in, you know, investments, right? <laughs> so cryptocurrency is not there. <laughs> Gold and silver are, and Swiss America is a company that I trust. If you're considering investing what you have in precious metals, and they've got a shocking new report, it's called The Secret War on Cash, and it is free by calling or texting. It'll tell you about the uh, push to digitize currency, the government takes more and more of your money all the time. They find new ways to get it. You know it. Today's the day maybe you call this number for Swiss America. It's 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. Invest in precious metals that the government can't take away from you and save them for the dream of possibly giving yourself a break in retirement. How would that be, right? I'm going to be on the radio for a while, at least another decade. <laughs> 800-289-2646, or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. SwissAmerica.com slash Carson, or again, just say my name, 800-289-2646. It's sad when you see headlines like that. It, it, it tears me up. 
And I thought the American dream was dead for me. I really, I was beginning to wonder. I was selling cars. Get a call from a guy named Chris Ruddy at the dealership on a Sunday. Rob, where you been? Oh, where you been all these years, Rob? I said, well, I've been in an abusive relationship with radio. And he said, you got a lot of talent. I want to make you famous. And I owe it to him. He's the guy who runs Newsmax, by the way. I mean, I was at the low, low, low of the low. And many of you feel the same thing. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're in your late 30s, maybe in your 40s, maybe in your 50s. Like so many of us, I mean, we're resorting to alcohol. We're resorting to depression. We're, you know, it's really, really hard. It really, really is hard. I mean, I remember when I was unemployed in in, uh, in D.C. and I I asked a priest at a wedding, I said, will you please offer me, Father, some assistance? Will you pray for me? And every day I would live by one word, and it is believe. And I had those beliefs shaken to the core in every way, shape, or form. More than you'll ever know. To the tune of asking God at night, maybe if you can't heal me, just let me die, because I'm worth $2 million if I'm dead. My life insurance is worth $2 million. I'm not going to be able to make that $2 million up in my lifetime. That's what a lot of people think, but I'm going to tell you right now, don't, don't do that. There are people who will help you. You can get help, all right? It's, and things are magnified this time of year. I completely, completely understand. Believe, please, please believe if you can. Believe. And, and I will tell you that I, I didn't get saved until I had given up. I really was at the point where I was breathing my last breaths figuratively, and uh, and I got lifted. I'm I'm blessed. It, it didn't take. I mean, it wasn't without effort. It didn't happen like boom, done. You know, it took focus, it took determination, and then it just happened. So hang in there, okay? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Former President Donald Trump, uh, support among black Americans surging ahead 2024, uh, polling from Gen Forward. 17% of black Americans currently support Trump. 20% of black Americans would vote for someone else other than Trump or Biden. I don't understand how young black men can watch rap videos and see a guy driving around with all these women hanging on him and driving, you know, two, $300,000, million cars and all that. Can't look at a guy who's self-made, has been uh, ultra-famous, the most popular uh, human being in, in media, who's built buildings with his name on it, ridden around in private limousines his entire life, has a private jet. Why wouldn't that be something you'd espouse to? Why wouldn't that be something pretty damn cool? Black men, uh, because of uh, hyper-masculinity of Donald Trump, according to the story, hyper-masculinity of Donald Trump could vote for Trump. It isn't about hyper-masculinity. It's about being proud to be a man. You know, the, the, the black father has been under attack since the Great Society. When uh, people were given the opportunity, the more children you have, the more money you get, but dad can't be in the house. And then we've seen all of these other, this societal decay, and, and, and men, fathers, fathers have been made fun of in popular culture for decades, were made to look like buffoons. Maybe this is a time where black men and, and white men and all men come together and say, hey, man, there, there's nothing toxic about masculinity. Why should we be demeaned and, uh, and portrayed as buffoons when we're the ones who suffer, when we're out of work and we can't provide for our families, and you're kicking us while we're down with all this crap? 
It is amazing. Ultra Mega Party came up with this. I saw this this morning. It's three this hours. This kind of give you a snap. That is not what I was trying to play. That was from my producer. Here is uh, this piece of video. Why do you think they're doing this? Why would they be bringing in these tens of thousands of people, 20 buses a day, 1,000 more per day? Why would they be doing this? And what's your message? The only reason that I can see that they... Further marginalized. Would be, uh, ...would be doing this is to replace us. And we say Trump 2024 because Trump is the only one who's going to do something about this and partner with all of America. This is, this, this is where all of America has got to come together and put... I told you this. Remember that song, that song that came out, Richmond, North of Richmond? And, and there were uh, hillbillies and homeboys who heard that and wept because it's their situation. It's their situation. Stop to this. We have to send these people back where they come from. Or this is going to explode violently. It's going to explode on multiple fronts. And, and the, the mayor and his governor. The Talking about uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson, who is... Uh, who is a buffoon. Doesn't care. And since they don't care, then we must go red. We must link up with all of America. And, and we care and we have to do something about it. We're coming for every elected official that didn't step up and all those that, that, that supported uh, this mass, I mean, wipe out of our, our, our communities. Yeah, it's going on right now. And I've told you this, and I remember when it, well, the first time I, I said this on stage, I said what the Democrat Party does with people of color is they uh, promise them the moon. They say their schools are going to get better. They're going to get this. They're going to get that. They're going to get this. They're going to get that. And then on Election Day, after the election, the Democrat Party gets up and leaves and leaves money on the dresser. I think it's a perfect analogy. And now look what they're doing with uh, illegals coming across the border, moving them to uh, D.C. and New York and, uh, and uh, Chicago and, and causing wages to go down. And instead of Democrat mayors saying, hey, man, shut the southern border down. You're making my people suffer here. What they do is they send us more money so we can further inconvenience our people and move the illegals ahead of us in line for, for uh, uh, housing and food and phones and all of these things. It's another ungodly slight, isn't it? Isn't it the same, the same party who said you can't succeed? Because uh, being on time to work is racist. And, and being well-educated makes you a sellout. I've been saying this for 30 freaking years on the radio. And now people are finally starting to get it. They're finally, finally starting to get it. And, and, and you know, the, the, uh, the hubris of the Democrat Party, uh, to, to think that they, they have it. They, they, the reason why that the Democrat Party doesn't give a crap about inner-city people of color is because they, they know that they have the votes, so they don't need to do anything else. They've done a very good job of brainwashing you to think that Republicans are racist. They have. If you ask people, in, uh, in, uh, people of color a lot of times about Donald Trump, racist, racist, racist. Why? You know? And, and, and then when it comes to people like poor white people in East Palestine, Ohio, they got wiped out by an explosion. An intentional set-off, an explosion of toxic chemicals because of a train wreck. And all those people in those towns, they average about $29,000 is their annual income. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they just, they're not going to help those people out because they know they're not going to vote Democrat. So honestly, now they're just, when you talk about replacement, like that gentleman just said right there, you've already been replaced. <laughs> you've already been replaced. Otherwise, they would be doing something. But before the uh, last election, you know, Joe Biden did this, you know. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, 
and you ain't black. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Well, you got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and clean. Biden recalling his early Senate career, bringing up two segregationist senators, Herman Talmadge and James Eastland, who called African-Americans an inferior race. Now, the, the reason why a lot of people don't know that Joe Biden is such a raging racist because the mainstream media covers up for him, for everything. Everything from his racial past to his son's criminality and his criminality. Oh, you get it. You get it. You get it. Oh, did you hear about this? Apparently, uh, a bunch of moms are getting together. They don't like uh, Target and their new uh, gay Santa Claus and gay nutcrackers. Conservative advocacy group One Million Moms has launched a petition condemning Target for selling LGBTQ-themed Christmas items. Christmas is red and green, by the way, not a rainbow. And uh, right now, so, so far, 15,000 signatures. Uh, they have these uh, gay Santas and gay nut, nut Is it nutcrackers or buttcrackers? Oh, it's, it's nutcrackers. It's nutcrackers. And so uh, moms are a little bit mad that Santa has to be gay. And Jim Gossett came up with this. Featuring George Takei. Oh, my. There's gay Santa Claus. There's gay Santa Claus at the Target store. Hey. They aren't hiding who they are at Target anymore. Just put your nuts in there. Decision made by a woke brigade. They're so proud of themselves. This could cost them big because gay Santa Claus is on their shelves. Hey! Does Santa have to be gay? There's gay Santa Claus. There's gay Santa Claus. He's on full display. Whoa, hello. He'd be the only Santa Claus if Target had their way. He is sporting rainbow collars. They're so festive and bright. Yes, they are. The folks at Target somehow think a gay Santa Claus is quite all right. <laughs> is that a uh, candy cane in your pocket, or are you just glad to see me? Uh, let's go to Craig in New Mexico. Hey, Craig, what's up, my friend? Hey, how are you doing, my brother from another mother? <laughs> Listen, uh, I want to first thank you for doing the little thing on, you know, seasonal depression and what have yeah. you. I'm, of course, retired military, and I lose a lot of my vet buddies to suicide during this time of year. I know you so are. thank you for bringing that up, and, yeah. and I would urge the families to be cognizant. If they live alone, reach out, you know, yes, sir. let them yes, know sir. that you're thinking of them. Um, yes, so here's my slogan for the upcoming election year. Mm -hmm. Go red or America's dead. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny because remember the 50s, it was a big red scare, which, by the way, was real. But the Democrat Party decided to pin the color red on conservatives. Uh, I like the idea, Craig, but I re but I refute. I do not use the word red to describe conservatism or Republicans. That's the only thing. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't. Yeah, our generation is true. That's It is a problem. And it's yeah, the media. Yeah. We allowed the media to set the agenda on that and label us, and, and then our side didn't fight it. And that's Do you know why bad. they did that? You know why they did that? Because they knew, they knew that, uh, that uh, Barack Obama was a communist, a socialist. Uh, his campaign was announced in Bill Ayer and Bernadine Dorn's uh, uh, parlor. Uh, he, is a, he is a radical, radical leftist, and they decided to call Republican states red when he was running. I remember it. I said, there's nothing red about Republicans. Red is communist, but they wanted to disassociate Obama with it. So I've refuted it ever since. So, uh, and I appreciate yeah. that about you. You right, take bro. care of yourself, sir. God bless. God bless. God bless you, bro. God bless you. And, and again, 
this is a tough time of year, particularly for uh, veterans. Um, you know, if you know somebody who's suffering, this is really hard. If you haven't heard from somebody in a while, call them, get in touch with them, do whatever you can. Love them up. Reach out, man. Come on. we got to do this together. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Recently, 10 regional banks had their credit downgraded. The problem, they'll just keep racking up profits, get some sweetheart, bail out if things get worse, or quietly be sold to a mega bank. No wonder my friends at Swiss America have been sounding the alarm about this secret war on cash and an all-out assault on our freedoms. With soaring interest rates squeezing the economy and banks teetering on collapse, let Swiss America educate you on ways to protect your hard-earned assets now. Get their shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy is free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. This is an all-out war on cash, including digital forms of currency, and it's spreading. So read The Secret War on Cash, free to my listeners. Just mention Rob Carson when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Message and data rates apply. Uh, by the way, the Islamic Republic of Iran, uh, Republic of Iran, uh, threatened a big explosion could unfold in the Middle East if Israel continues to hunt down the Hamas terrorists responsible for murdering 1,200 Israelis. Uh, we need to get a uh, president in the White House who will finally uh, end the uh, the uh, 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 religious oligarchy of Iran. The people in charge there have been in charge since 1978. Uh, honestly, it, it, it's. This is a threat of a nuclear weapon, and, and because uh, Barack Obama has and Joe Biden has given Iran billions and billions of dollars and the Iran nuke deal and all that, would it surprise you if a big explosion meant a nuclear blast? Really? It's unbelievable. I saw this uh, interesting video. When I was growing up, I, I, don't rem- I remember Golda Meir. She was the fourth prime minister of Israel. She was there from 1969 to 74. And, and I saw this, uh, this, this piece from her talking about the Palestinians and the relationship that Israel has with, uh, with them. And, and, and th- what, this was literally the, uh, the mid-70s she recorded this. And, and nothing has changed. Listen, it's, nothing has changed. Israel people are for uh, self-determination, sympathize with Palestinians. Everybody is, has the right to self-determine except we. We're the only people in the world who... He's talking about the Jews. ...but does not give them the rights to, for self-determination. True. We have to be, evidently minorities all over the world and we have no right for independence their quarrel with the arabs is not a quarrel for a piece of land it's not no. for territory no it's not for anything concrete yes. they just refuse to believe that we have the right to exist at all pull back to the borders from the river to the sea Yep. Of 67 and then there will be peace we were in the borders of 67 why was there war and immediately after the war, we said, let us sit down and negotiate peace. They didn't do it. In one of our uh, kibbutzim right across Jordan, that has been shelled day and night. The father with a little boy of four was in the shelter. And the child was scared and cried. And they said, look, don't worry. These are not the shells from the other side. These are our shells. The child said, do they have shelters for the children on the other side? Because, you know, the children are not to blame that their fathers are fatah. It's difficult. And that's why uh, we value life, not only our own, just we value life. This is our strength. 
maybe you want to say this is our weakness because Arab leaders are not so sensitive to the to the very question of life of having people alive instead of dead. Yeah, things haven't changed, have they? And after Joe Biden's Hanukkah celebration on Capitol Hill, a Jewish man was leaving the White House with a yarmulke on, and a car drove by him with a uh, Israeli or his Palestinian flag. And listen to what they said to him: "You are killers, occupiers of people's countries, occupiers." Occupiers. We will kill you all. Occupiers. This is Washington, D.C. This is Washington, D.C. just a couple weeks ago. Our nation's capital just a couple weeks ago. Wow. So we now know that we are back in 1939. And this time, uh, let's kick anti-Semitism's ass before it can get much worse. How about that? What about that, everybody? All right, there you go. I think I'm done prognosticating and uh, proliferating and all that crap today. <laughs> let's take a break and, uh, and come back and wrap things up. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. I really appreciate you joining me. If you are depressed, get help. It's rough this time of year, I know. I know it is. Believe. God bless Israel, America, you guys. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.